all Oregonians 16 and older are now eligible for a COVID-19 vaccine, but the virus continues to spread, and the state so far hasn't lived up to its promises to ensure people of color and those most at risk get their shots first. I'm Andrew Thien, and this is Beat Check with the Oregonian. Up next, an update on the pandemic and the vaccine rollout. In the second half of the show, we'll hear from the Oregonian and Oregon Live's Rob Davis about how a public records request filed by our newspaper laid bare the full scale of the inequities and why where you live may be the best indicator of whether you've been vaccinated yet. But first, the Oregonian and Oregon Live's Amy Green. We talked about the worrisome public health models that indicate the pandemic is not yet over, what it all means, and whether the state is ready to vaccinate millions more Oregonians. Here's Imi. Imi Green, thanks so much for taking time to talk today. Happy to. So, Imi, starting today, all Oregonians are eligible for a vaccine, and that's exciting news, but I think we should maybe first focus on the virus itself. What's the latest information on COVID-19 spread in Oregon? Well, we've been seeing it for about a month now. The case numbers are going up um, on average each day. Um, Right now, they're about at 600, which is more than double where they were four weeks ago. I'm talking to you on Friday. Those are the latest numbers. Um, That's pretty startling, especially when you look at the rest of the nation. And you see that numbers are definitely going up in some states, but Mm -hmm. in general, not as much as they're going up in Oregon. If we look at Oregon's overall numbers since the beginning of the pandemic, the total number of cases that we've seen since the beginning of the pandemic per capita, we rank third lowest. Um, That's great. But if you just look at the last week in Oregon, we are 26th lowest, or I guess another way of saying that is there's 24 states doing better than us in the past week. Who is getting the virus right now in Oregon? Do we have any sense of, you know, what age groups or um, where people are getting the virus? Well, the really great and interesting thing about this from a scientific point of view is um, we look, we know that most people who've been vaccinated so far are older people. And those were the people who were at greatest risk of death. And now that so many of them are vaccinated, um, our death rates are dropping and our hospitalizations in that group is also dropping. Unfortunately, what we're seeing more of is younger people ending up in the hospital because the older people are um, they're healthy and they're doing well. Um, But it's those younger people um, who also may be going out or meeting with friends and they may be doing things that were okay several months ago, six months ago, a year ago, and they were just fine. And all of a sudden, they're ending up sick. And we think that's in part because of the variants, more contagious variants. Just um, this past week in Oregon, it was reported that the variant first detected in South Africa, B1351, was found in Oregon, Um, not just one case, like the first case, eight cases of B1351 in Oregon, and also um, the variant first detected in Brazil, P1. There was one case previously known, and um, just this past week, we now have four total cases reported, as well as a tripling in the number of B117 cases, the variant first detected in the United Kingdom, 
and the California variants also have grown um, by the hundreds. And that's all worrisome because many of these variants are more contagious or much more contagious. Um, it's questionable. There's still being research done on whether any of them are more lethal, but some of them are also believed to be more successful at evading the effectiveness of the vaccine. And that means that the pandemic could just be drawn out longer. Now, when we've had these spikes previously, I mean, in the last year and change, there have been um, renewed restrictions on what types of activities um, Oregonians can engage in indoors in particular. Uh, what can we expect now, now that we're seeing numbers uh, spike across metrics like hospitalizations and uh, weekly um, average cases and, and uh, the, the percent of tests that come back positive? Well, in late November, the governor announced a new system of restrictions, county by county restrictions based on the level of infections in each county. And that stuck around for a few months. Um, it meant that counties were rated either low risk all the way up to extreme risk. If they were rated extreme risk that Multnomah County and some of the other counties around here in the Portland area were rated, it meant that indoor dining at restaurants and bars was not allowed, and gyms were closed, movie theaters were closed. Um, mm -hmm. Just earlier this month, the governor revised that those restrictions and said, um, I'm going to make it harder to reach that extreme risk category. So it's no longer going to be based on the level of infections within an individual county. I'm going to look at the state as a whole and say that the number of hospitalized patients needs to reach at least 300. Um, and uh, there needs to be an increase of at least 15% in hospitalizations in the previous week in order for any county to be classified as extreme risk. And I asked her about that on Friday at a news conference and said, you know, do you feel um, secure about that, given that we're seeing this surge in new cases daily, as well as hospitalizations right now. And she said, well, you know, it's a balancing act. I don't want to effectively close down the economy. Um, and she was referring to what happened this past winter. She also mentioned that she Oregonians know what to do, right? We know the drill in terms of uh, social distancing and wearing masks. But you know, as we've had that numerous times in the pandemic, um, people are tired. And with this unseasonably nice weather and more people feeling vaccinated, people might be doing more socially than they were doing for months, if not a year, right? Yeah, I think people are excited. They see other people, um, maybe healthcare workers, maybe their older parents, um, out and able to do things. And they think, well, why can't I go out um, when they're not fully vaccinated? Um, and then again, they have to remember that the variants are making this a very different game, um, that we really do have to be more careful, maybe not get as close to people as we thought we could before. Um, do be outside, do wear your mask, and um, don't get in a car with someone. I've heard about several cases where, um, unfortunately, people even wearing masks in cars um, spread the virus. So you've reported um, throughout the last four months, I mean, on the vaccine rollout and the various challenges that we've heard at all levels. Now it's uh, 
you know, all systems go, all, all Oregonians are eligible. What challenges are we still worried about or are you still hearing about in terms of people getting a, an appointment and getting their shots? Well, um, interestingly, uh, I hear from people all throughout Oregon, through email especially, and um, I've been hearing very from very few people in more rural parts of the state that they're having tr- any sort of trouble. And the, the percentages of people getting vaccinated seems to show that, that there's less and less demand in r- some rural counties of the state to get vaccine. And uh, public health officials seem to believe that that is indeed vaccine hesitancy. Um, and that's something we're definitely going to have to be fighting um, in the coming months. If you look at the Portland area or Benton County, um, Marion County, Lane County, um, some of the more populous places in the state, um, you'll see that there still is pretty strong demand. I live in Portland. Um, regularly, I go on to OHSU's vaccination scheduling website, um, opens mm-hmm. at 9 a.m. most weekday mornings, releases a whole bunch of appointments, and I'm still seeing them go pretty fast. This past week, I'm told that it was maybe 30 to 40 minutes and they were gone each day. And we're talking about thousands of appointments each day. Um, but eventually, I think that we will see that happening in Portland as well, that there's less demand for appointments. And we really need to, um, in the words of the governor, um, talk about if we get vaccinated, why we got vaccinated with our friends and family, and encourage others to do so and talk through some of their concerns that they might have about getting vaccinated. And on the uh, hesitancy piece, I mean, uh, I reported on that just um, a week ago, um, you know, out in Umatilla County that they had sitting on hundreds of extra doses every week. So it's still kind of a, you know, it depends on where you live um, in terms of your access to, to this stuff. Unimaginable in Portland right now <laughs> that that would happen, that there would be a clinic and they would be trying to wave people in. <laughs> Um, you also reported recently on an Oregon Health and Science University model kind of looking at the transmission rates of the virus and what might happen. Um, wh- what are they projecting? Well, um, they're projecting that numbers are going to go way, way up and really quickly. Um, by the first week of May, um, that new daily cases would reach more than 1,200. Um, as of Friday, this this past week, um, the level was not quite an average of 600 new daily cases. Um, and it was less than half of that several weeks ago. So it is um, exponentially going up. Um, and hospitalizations, too, will go up. They're about at 200 um, hospitalized patients right now in the state of Oregon, uh, people with COVID-19. And that's estimated to go up to maybe 325, 330 hospitalized patients. It's not going to look the same as it did several months ago. Many of those patients are going to be younger patients, people, their 20s, 30s, 40s, maybe 50s. um, But it's still a really serious thing when people are hospitalized. The death rate is not supposed to increase to the level it had before. But um, COVID really um, can be a a a harsh disease that causes a lot of long-term health effects. And these people may be dealing with that for years. 
Yeah, we, we know obviously a lot more today on April 2021 than we did April 2020, but what that looks like for people in their 30s or 40s um, in a year or two or six months, uh, we don't know. And that's kind of the scary piece. Mm-hmm. What else are you tracking that uh, folks should know? One thing that I've wanted to learn more about is how people get coronavirus, how it's spread, and um, how that's evolved over time. I think the way that it's spread now in the spring of 2021 um, is is different than it was a year ago. There are more contagious variants out there. And it's true that everybody knows um, how to prevent the spread Um by wearing better masks, by double masking. Um, and what I, one thing I'm working on is I am trying to find and talk to people about how they became infected. Um, were they able to figure it out? Um, one thing that uh, is really difficult uh, for public health officials to do is reach out and interview all those people and find out um if they know how they got the virus, we're finding that more and more people, um, I think last I saw it was more than half, 60% of people did not know how they got coronavirus. Um, and uh, part of my wanting to report about this is to help educate the public about how this is happening so we can see real life stories of um, how people got sick and maybe we can learn something from them, from the mistakes, from that one lapse, that one thing that um, led to the disease spreading. So yeah, if you're one of those people who've gotten COVID-19 recently, um, I would be interested in hearing from you. All right. That's a green at Oregonian.com. And uh, thanks so much for uh, keeping us informed and for taking time to, to talk about this stuff. We appreciate it. Yeah, cool. Happy to do it. Let's take a break and then hear from Rob Davis, investigative reporter with the Oregonian and Oregon Live. Rob Davis, thanks so much for taking time to talk. Uh, it's always a pleasure. So, Rob, vaccines first arrived in Oregon five months ago now, and we haven't really known much about the clusters of vaccinated people beyond the county-wide figures. What do we know now, thanks to a public records request filed by the Oregonian? Well, we got data showing um, the vaccination rates by zip code, and so that gives us a far more granular look at the communities that are getting vaccinated. What we have heard uh, from the governor and state health leaders from the beginning of the rollout is, you know, equity, 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 equity. Mm -hmm. That is what they have said. You know, we want to get them out as quickly as we can to as many people as we can. And at the forefront of our mind is going to be racial equity. Well, here's the data, and, you know, perhaps not surprising to the cynic in us, you know, it shows stark socioeconomic and demographic disparities in who is getting vaccinated in Oregon. What jumped out to you uh, when we looked at the zip codes? Um, can you give, you know, a comparison of, of two, two zip codes that show that disparity? 
what you see is that more racially diverse neighborhoods, which have been harder hit by COVID, uh, you know, places that have had higher incidents, have gotten far fewer vaccines uh, than people who live in wealthier, whiter neighborhoods where, you know, people have, you know, where there has been a, a lower incidence of COVID. Two zip codes that jumped out at me were 97034, Lake Oswego, um, you know, among populous zip codes, you know, zip codes with a lot of people. It has the highest household income um, in Oregon. It also has the highest vaccination rate in the state. Um, 58% of people there have been partially or fully vaccinated. That compares with about 32% of Oregonians. And then, you know, you go out to um, East Portland, Gresham, 97233, um, you know, the Rockwood neighborhood. That is the metropolitan community that has been the hardest hit by COVID. 22% of residents have been vaccinated there. Wow. There are many factors at play, um, but that is a pretty stark contrast that, that I don't think uh, can be explained by the fact that more doctors live in Lake Oswego or, you know, uh, uh, older, you know, the population there is older and we have prioritized medical staff and, you know, the elderly. Um, but that is, you know, it's a pretty stark, pretty stark contrast between just a, you know, a couple of zip codes. And, and when you analyze it, um, which Mark Friesen on our staff did, you know, um, across zip codes and across, the, you know, the, the metro area, um, in, in, in general, you know, um, the, the, the more diverse the neighborhood is um, or the, the uh, less white that a neighborhood is, uh, the lower its vaccination rate is. So when you took that uh, finding, the, the data from the zip codes and from the, um, from the state and, and presented it to uh, folks out in Rockwood, uh, what did they have to say about that? I talked to the executive director of the Rosewood Initiative, which is a, um, a community group that, that uh, serves that community out there. Um, you know, they've, they've had, um, you know, they've had a, a, a few, actually they had one yesterday, um, which is Thursday. Um, you know, they had a vaccine clinic um, and, and they have reached or will reach through their vaccination clinics about 900 people. But, you know, uh, talking to her, this is uh, Sabrina Wilson. She said, um, you know, if you live there, um, you know, you have to go to work. You know, Zoom meetings are, are uh, a luxury. Um, you know, owning a car is a luxury. If your choice of vaccination is, you know, the, the convention center and, you know, that's maybe not very accessible. And, and so the state is doing work to push vaccines out to communities, you know, to reach people where they are. Um, and you hear that, that phrase again and again. I talked to Multnomah County Health Department. I talked to their communicable disease director. And she said, mm -hmm. you know, the rollout just from the start was not, not set up to target racial equity. 
it is something we have, you know, it's uh, a buzzword we have heard thrown around a lot. But, you know, when you look at the rubber meat in the road, um, you know, talk and action are, are clearly two different things. What, if anything, did the Oregon Health Authority have to say about the, you know, this stark reality that, that you laid out in, in your story? Yeah. Gosh, not a whole lot. Uh, you know, we asked for an interview with them and they didn't grant it. Um, we asked them how long they'd had this this data. They didn't answer the question. You know, their spokesman told me the date that the authority provided the numbers to our newsroom. Like we didn't know that already. Um, <laughs> right. You know, and so we we got a pretty um, uh, you know uh, nonspecific um, uh, response from them. Um, you know that 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 didn't really address the reality of what the numbers show. Um, you know, they said many factors of affect vaccine uptake. Uh, okay, I mean we know that, um, and you know, that, that they're working to, you know, push these vaccines out to local communities. Uh, you know, we know that as well. Um, clearly they've got a long way to go um, to, you know, close, close the gap that you see between wealthy white communities and lower income, um, less white communities. By the time folks listen to this uh, conversation, all Oregonians uh, 16 and older will be eligible. Uh, why does this still matter? If you had a, you know, a, a choice of, of getting us to the end of the pandemic as quickly as you could, do you first inoculate communities where the virus isn't spreading or do you inoculate the communities where the virus is spreading? And um, that's not what we have been doing. Um, and if we are really going to bring the pandemic to an end, you have to protect the most vulnerable people. And Oregon has not been doing that. The state is clearly aware of that. And, you know, they have been increasingly getting vaccines to places like the Multnomah County Health Department, which has the relationships with community groups um, to set up you know, vaccination clinics in neighborhoods um, to make it easy for people, you know, um, uh, to, to, to get access to the vaccine. And, and, you know, when you look at it, there are numerous barriers when you're going the mass vaccination clinic route. You know, you need, you're being asked at these, these sites for ID. You're being asked, you know, and, and, and folks may not have that or may not feel comfortable sharing it. They may, they're, they're asking for a proof of the med, you know, medical insurance, health insurance. Mm -hmm. You know, folks may or may not have that. They've got law enforcement present. Um, you know, uh, all of those factors, you know, are, uh, you know, barriers to access. Um, you know, there were a number of, Latino leaders in a press conference uh, this week who spoke about that because, you know, what what we're seeing, um, you know, in not at the at the neighborhood level, but at the population level, you know, the, the demographic level statewide, um, you know, one in three whites 
um, have gotten at least one dose of vaccine that's compared to one in six Latinos, you know, and this is a virus that in Oregon, you know, has been really hitting the Latino community hard. Um, you know, I, I think something like 13% of Oregonians are, are Latino mm-hmm. uh, and, and a third, 33% of the cases, um, you know, have, have a known ethnicity of Hispanic. Um, and so, you know, that, that, is, that is an issue that, that the state, um, you know, will need to address to um, help bring the pandemic to an end, protect the most vulnerable people in the state, and, you know, help give everybody their lives back. Yeah, we started this conversation, Rob, and you you mentioned a cynic might expect this to be the case. But, you know, when we talked back in 2020 about the phenomenon you just mentioned um, and your reporting on uh, the Latino and Latinx community and infection rates, I guess we could have seen the the writing on the wall. And yet here we are. um, And I don't know what to make of that other than um, just knowing (laughs) knowing there's an issue and talking about an issue. Um, doesn't solve the issue. I, I talked to Kim Toves, who's the, the communicable disease director for Multnomah County, um, and, you know, is spending an incredible amount of time thinking about this very issue. She said the thing about structural racism in the system is that unless you question it and dismantle it at every point, it just rebuilds itself, even with progressively minded people. It takes more than good intention, she said. It takes a huge amount of work. Now, we have been moving, you know, as quickly as we can, um, you know, on, um, you know, uh, 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 pushing vaccines out. But, you know, I'll give you just one example that I've encountered personally uh, in in, um, signing a family member up. You know, you're 10 questions in, 15 questions in um, to getting through the, you know, choosing your date. And it asks you what your preferred language is. After you've answered numerous questions in English, well, what do you think my preferred language is? You know, uh, and that is just one example, and there are many requiring signups online. Well, what if you don't have internet access? What if you don't have an email address? Um, what if you don't have a smartphone? You cannot talk your way out of out of the situation. You can, you know, it's not just enough to say that equity is going to be your focus. You've really got to put your money and your actions uh, there to, to get the state to a place that actually looks equitable. And it's, you know, in a state that was founded on racism, uh, it hasn't happened. Well, that's uh, probably the best way to end it. Thanks so much for your reporting and for taking time to talk about it. It's my pleasure. Thanks for your interest. Thanks for listening to Beat Check with You Oregonian. I shared links to Imi and Rob's stories, plus our interactive map showing the vaccine disparities in the episode notes. If you like this show, leave us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. It helps people find the program. Or tell a friend. The best way to support our journalism is with a subscription to Oregon Live. You can do that at OregonLive.com slash pod support. Until next time.